everything I thought that I had, I lost it. Mm. I started from minus five, not zero, minus five. Everything was shaken and broken. And so I had to pick myself, put back the pieces together and crawl and walk and carry on. But there's one thing that really helped me was welcome to Distinctly You, where we talk to women who have redefined success in different seasons of change. Today, we'll be having a conversation with Fatimata Diallo, founder of Gamal, a home-cooked food app. Let's get into the conversation. Welcome, Fatimata. So good to have you here on Distinctly You. Thank you so much, Sharifa. It's an honor to be here with you. You know, I've been really looking forward to this conversation and, you know, just having you in town all the way from the UK, I just couldn't pass up on this opportunity to actually sit down and have an in-person conversation with you. I've been looking forward to this moment ever since you and I had that first call. About 10 days ago, I've been dreaming about it all the way through. Oh my God. So it's definitely an honor to be sitting here with you. I couldn't wait. You know, Fatimata, you are a mom and you are this enterprising entrepreneur, founder of Gamal. That's right. And I know there's a lot more to you. And I know there's a lot that got you to where you are today. So just tell, tell me, like, who is Fatimata? Great. Thank you so much. I love that question. So Fatumata is a dreamer. Mm. Fatumata is a go-getter. Fatumata is a people's person. I love people. And um, I am a mother. Mm. I do have my little prince. Love that. Ten-year-old boy. Um, my best friend. And I am a big sister, so I am the firstborn of a family of six. Wow. Yes. We share that in common. I'm also the first of six. Oh, my God. Yes. Okay. <laughs> More things in common. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, firstborn of a family of six, three girls, three boys. Um, grew up in Brussels, Belgium. Um, second mother of the house, pretty much like a lot of responsibility, which I think prepared me for whatever um, you know, I was going to leave in, you know, prepared me for responsibility and leadership, which I'm totally grateful for. Mm. Um, originally from West Africa, mm. Guinea Conakry, that's where I was born. Mm. And I lived in Guinea up until nine years old. Okay. And then I moved to Brussels, Belgium, where I settled for pretty much my um, teenage years, etc. Mm. And when I was 18, 19 years old, I moved to the UK and uh. ever since. You know, I am in in in, in London, so wow. pretty much an international citizen. Yeah, I love traveling. I love meeting people. I love culture. I love community. I just, you know, I embrace life in its full form. I love that. I love that. You know, just you sharing a little bit about how you've had such an international background, but more especially what we have in common, being the first of six, preparing you for leadership. Now, I know we're going to get more into what Gamal does, but do you think that being the first of six has an impact on what you are doing today? 
Oh, definitely. Definitely. Sometimes God prepares you in very interesting ways. Mm. Um, so for me, my life have, has been um, very interesting. Everything I've always been involved in, I look at it from the perspective of, you know, role, um, responsibility, uh, being a role model. So always that caring, that giving back in everything that I do, I look at it through those lenses. Mm. So being the firstborn of a family of six, mm-hmm. right? So I am the second mother of the house, naturally, yeah. right? So I do pretty much everything for my siblings. And um, so that naturally prepares me like throughout the journey as I go to the to the workplace, as I go to university, the way I um, interact with people. Mm-hmm. So I'm always looking at it through those lenses, you know, mm-hmm. how can I be of a help? How can I uh, be, um, how, how can I serve you? How can I make it easier for you? Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. can I be part of your journey and sort of, you know, help you navigate through because that's that's how, you know, that's what I've been prepared for and that's the role that I played. So it literally prepares me to embrace life, you know, through those lenses really. So, and I... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so part of the reason I ask that is because Gamal is a home-cooked food app. So you must be a foodie in some way and you must have been doing a lot of cooking, you know, with uh, five other siblings behind you. So, Absolutely. You know, is there any memory that you have from your childhood or younger years that resonates with you in terms of where you are now? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, um, I just want to quickly go back. You know, um, I've, all, I've been brought up in a family of foodie. Mm. Right. And um, I've had the chance to be um, uh, raised in my early years by my grandmother Mm. and uh, back in the village, uh, you know, in Guinea. And, um, you know, growing around her and um, learning firsthand, like, you know, um, the the, the tradition, uh, the culture, you know, the way she and the way uh, she invests herself in, you know. So those are my early memories, okay? And then I I move on to living with another of my aunt who had a great impact in my life. She was definitely a foodie, probably Mm. the best cook I've ever met in my life. And then again with my mother. So Mm. when I'm coming to Belgium, I'm already... Uh, pretty much mature, and I've had a lot of um, experiments uh, with food. I can, I'm actually a grown up adult already, so wow. I can cook, I can pull off things. I'm uh, my mom's second hand and also right, uh, sorry, left hand. <laughs> and um, so, you know, uh, with my siblings, I used to pull things together. Uh, for them when my mom was at work or she was um, in some community events or Mm -hmm. something like that. So um, that, again, uh, you know, if I can say in a way, it's like my very first relationship um, with food and, um, you know, sharing something of my own, you know, when something that I'm uh, so invested in, because when you're cooking, you're putting your heart into it, you you leave your own personal signature you know, the, the way you, you you mix all of the ingredients and when people are coming together and they're enjoying this meal, they can feel a part of you, right? I totally agree. You know, on this channel, one of the things that we talk about with women like yourself is the different seasons of change that we find ourselves in. And as women, we have so many layers to us. 
Um, and I'm sure from the time you got from Belgium and you got to the UK, I'm sure you just didn't just get to this place you're right now in terms of with Gamal. What season, you know, what season did you find yourself in that you ended up transitioning to where you are now as a founder? So for anyone listening in terms of, I'm sure there were struggles. I'm sure you didn't just wake up and just said, you know what? I've always known I wanted to have a home-cooked food app. Mm -hmm. How did you get here? I love that question, Sharifa. And that's a very deep question. How did I get to the decision, right? What got me, what gave me that prompt? And I would say it's uh, a couple of things, first of all. It's, you know, my journey and the different things that I've been exposed to, like me being open and me being curious and observing what's around and see what make, makes people click, right? Mm -hmm. What brings people together. One of it is food. You can bring people together around food, right? And then um, my journey, I would say, because Gamal, uh, although I started officially the journey of Gamal seven months ago, Gamal has been with me for the past four to five years. Um, when I was doing my master's degree in London, mm -hmm. um, at the time I was doing a part-time um, uh, customer service role in one of the largest retail stores in London. But I also decided to do like another part-time job. Mm -hmm. And then um, I decided to do like, you know, part-time cleaning. Mm -hmm. um, it was very convenient. And I tell you what I what I loved about it is that I had like a, a, a like a small portfolio of clients. And in my free time, um, we had an agreement like, you know, I would go um, to uh, their places when they're at work and then I'll do two hours here. And it was OK for me. Right. To do whatever I needed to do. OK, so um, and it was OK because I'm like, if I can clean my own house then I can clean somebody else's house and make it as clean as mine, like literally putting the intention into mm -hmm, it. Mm -hmm. So um, one day, though, I did three back to back and I got in my own house. And now I was getting into, into my own kitchen and having to pull dinner together. And Sharifa, I was exhausted that day. Mm. I was totally exhausted. And now I look at, you know, my ingredients and I'm like, God, <sighs> I wish he was actually cooking that I was doing in these people's house because this, I love doing this so much, you know, I would never exhaust myself mm. because for me, food is relationship, right? Mm. I, when I'm cooking, I enjoy the process of cooking. You know, every stage of it, I enjoy it. It's not like, uh, you know, like some homework or something heavy on your shoulders or like you just want to avoid it. I enjoy the whole process. So mm. I'm like, you know, if this is what I'm doing, I would never exhaust myself. I wish this is what I was doing. I just wanted to kind of backtrack a little bit because there is something that you said. While working your part-time job, one of your part-time jobs, cleaning, you got to a place of exhaustion. Yes. You got to a place where you felt like, gosh, I really wish I could be doing something more fun Something that I enjoy doing, like cooking. Yes. And that was like the first light bulb moment that went for you. Exactly. Now, I can relate. While I was in college, I remember working multiple jobs, waiting tables, 
God knows, telemarketing, shoe store. I, you know, I, I remember doing it all. And I remember just always thinking, especially waiting tables that, oh, I do not enjoy this, but I'm going to do it so well. So I will never have to do this again. Right. So what you're saying in essence is there's almost like a turning point that you got to. Yes. A place of exhaustion, Mm -hmm. a place where you felt like there has to be a better way. Yeah, absolutely. And so I guess my question to you is, is there one word you would use to sum the season that you felt you were in that prepared you for the season you are in right now as a founder? What one word would you use to describe that season as something that a person could pay attention to, to say, you know what? Enough is enough. I'm ready for more. Okay. Maybe finding a word is going to be a little bit challenging, but here's how I want to coin it. Sometimes when you think you're at your lowest, Mm. it's actually your turning point. Mm. It is the moment the door is about to open. Mm -hmm. So I would say be open to absorb and learn and pick up the little signals because those signals are there. Most of the time we don't see them. But for me, you see, that's one of the wake-up calls or one of the turning points. And that's not the only thing because my journey then continued. And it was only recently that I decided, actually, you know what? This is now the moment. There's no more. um, There's no more running away from it. Because, you know, um, the moment you're like, okay, because it took me some time to negotiate with myself to say, actually, you know what? You could do that. It's, this, is, this is how it looks like. All you have to do is to study, understand the system, understand how it works, what it takes. And you can, you know, it's not only you. It takes a lot of expertise and talent around you. Mm-hmm. So just accepting it was a win mm. for me too. Because as women, sometimes we struggle with, um, the, impest- the imposter syndrome, Absolutely. right? She's so like, no, not you. It's got to be somebody else. Or not you. You need to have X, Y, and Z. You need to have more experience. You need to have more money. You need to have all before you start, right? So these are things that would hold you back. And for me, it held me back for a very long time. But again, it wasn't the right time yet. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes certain things, you need to nurture it with you for s- some time until you're somehow ready. And then you just, boom, open up. So for me, it took me a couple of turning points and a couple of like I went, I went because after that, I went to work in the corporate world um, for a company that's um, a leader in uh, leadership transformation strategy, like working with leaders to enable them to go uh, to the next stage and working with uh, big corporate companies. So Again, I went there and I learned so much. I was around like one of the top thinkers, like, you know, uh, working in Fortune 500 companies. So being around those leaders, understanding how they think, how they operate, how they behave, what they read, everything. So for me, as a young executive, I am in that environment and I'm, oh my God, this is the best place for me to be right now because Mm. I'm learning so much. I'm learning from the CEOs. I'm learning from the managing directors. I'm learning from the design thinkers themselves. I happen to be in the same room as them. So I'm like an empty sponge, just grabbing, absorbing 
absorbing everything. Mm. And what I take from there, absolutely amazing. But then again, another turning point. COVID hits, redundancy, a lot of people are just let go. Mm. And I'm one of those, right? And I'm like, whoa, well, I wasn't prepared for this, but it is what it is. So now let's move on. So when I had put my idea in the drawer because I felt that I needed to learn more, to be more, to have more in order to start, now that's over. So, okay, actually I can pick it up and see how far I can can get to. And then um, during that same moment, a lot of turbulence is going on in my life, right? So um, I separated with uh, my my ex-husband and then um, so went through a lot of housing challenges, like facing uh, pretty much homelessness, I would say, uh, with my my son. So it was a moment of survival. But I want to say I learned such great lessons Mm. um, during that period that enabled me to revisit again, you know, the idea, right? So I want to just backtrack a little bit to something you just said. For that young immigrant girl who looks at you and says, wow, how did she do it? Who is going through struggles of survival, struggles of how can I make ends meet? You know, your story will definitely resonate in a sense of like, if she can do it, then I can do it too. Now, you just said something that a lot of women have gone through. And it's something that unfortunately people can easily use as an excuse of why they can't do something. And you mentioned dealing with a separation with your husband at that time and you have a son. So that could not have been easy dealing with school and having to work multiple jobs. I mean, when you talk about the perfect storm, if you can share a little bit about how you were able to really get through that moment, because a lot of women are there and they can't see a way out on the other side, especially to be able to accomplish and do what you are doing right now. That's a very awesome question. And I want to say that during that time, it was one of the most, I don't like the word challenging. Mm. I don't like the word obstacles. I think everything that comes our way is meant to lead us to something positive, right? Mm. So, then that's why I'm going to phrase it as it was a very interesting period of mm. my life mm. uh, because everything I thought that I had, I lost it. Mm. I started from minus five not zero, minus five. Everything was shaken and broken. And so I had to pick myself, put back the pieces together and crawl and walk mm. and um, and carry on. But there's one thing that really helped me was having faith mm. in my journey and being grateful. Mm. You know, when when you think, um, you're actually at rock bottom. There are still things that you can look around and be grateful for. And I think, you know, nowadays a lot of people get carried um, on with, you know, perhaps complaining, uh, I wish I had this, or, you know, you just like taking sorrow on yourself and making your situation worse. So for me, really, I want to say it was one of the most defining moments in my life 
where I sat down and I appreciated the little details. I appreciated just enjoying a meal with my son. Mm. And I was grateful for that. Mm. I was grateful that I could feed him. I was grateful that, you know, we were having a great moment together. I was taking him to school and we were like having chit chatters and we are laughing. I was finding joy in the little moments that we take for granted. Mm. And those little moments can empower you in ways you cannot imagine, Mm. right? And I remember during that time, I also had like a, a personal journal. I was journaling mm. and it really helped me out a lot because you're kind of emptying everything in your, in your like, you know, kind of keeping it in your brain and you kind of write down. And I don't, I don't, I don't see anything negative. I see positivity because I focus my mind, my brain, my attention, everything into the positive. Mm. What's positive around me right now? Mm. What are the three things that I'm grateful for today? It could be like, and I would write it down. I had mm-hmm. a journal, like, you know, that helped me during at least those first three months. Yes. Because everything is all over the place. And I have, it's beyond my control. It's bigger than me. I can't do anything about it. I can just go through it. So now it's about finding, you know, the way to enjoy the process at least. Because yeah. there's no other way around it. Mm-hmm. Right. So make it, embrace it. And for me, embracing it was, okay, so what are the top three things that, I am actually grateful today, grateful for today. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it could be something like, my son said to me, mom, I love you. See, so that would brighten up my day. You see me in the street, you can never tell that actually, you know what, this is a roller coaster that I am on. No, because I'm always positive. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, you know, you always hear the saying, like, it takes a village right? Mm -hmm. When you finally made the decision that, okay, gosh, I have this idea of creating an app around food and cooking because it's your passion. Did you have any support system? I mean, were there people in your life that really like maybe helped you bring this to life? I love that question, Sharifa. One of the first things that I did was um, kind of through a connection finding the developers and then having like design calls with them. And then until we got to an agreement and uh, we signed the contract, we're like, okay, let's get started. What I didn't tell them though, I could only afford the first month, Mm. but I took the risk. I'm like, let's go because I knew that I could raise the rest around me. You know what? This is a great opportunity to just really kind of, I mean, there's a lot you've said there that are nuggets really right, right in the, in the midst of that. And that is the first thing is the mindset, Mm -hmm. right? Once you changed the narrative in Mm. your mind, instead of saying, okay, why me? Woe is me. Why am I the only one going through this? Right? You took that opportunity to start connecting the dots and saying, you know what? I've been through this multiple times. Is there a lesson here? Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. And then it wasn't until you made that decision Mm -hmm. to move forward. And that's where, like, the mindset is so important because once you made that decision to move forward, all of a sudden, your eyes and your mind was now open to the opportunities. So the resources started to present themselves to you because you were open and ready to receive it. Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't say it any better, Sharifa. (laughs) So, you know, the signs are there. Hmm. But if you're looking at it from the wrong mindset, you're Hmm. not going to see the signs because you are in a mode where you're complaining right? Why me? Why is this happening to me again? 
If you look at it from another perspective, it could be a sign that you have to do something different. Correct. You need to decide. You need to take action. You need to, you just need to, like, if you were taking right turn all the time, how about trying a left turn this time and see where it leads you? Mm. So, like, you know, being open to those little nuggets, those little signs we get sometimes and mm-hmm. we don't pay attention to it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because when your life, when you're going through turbulence, mm. there's a message there for you. But you can only uncode the message if you mm. look at it through the right, uh, with the correct lens and the right mindset. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Now, as it relates to the season you find yourself in now, right? Mm-hmm. So you are in a building season, I think, right? That's right. In terms of after making the decision to start this company. First, I guess, before we even go further, what does Gamal mean? How did you even come up with that name, Gamal? Oh, my God. I love that question. So Gamal um, comes from my mother language, Hmm. Fulani. I'm West African. I'm Fulani. And um, Gamal means to eat. And it comes from the word nyamu, nyamal. So if you can, can you try to pronounce that? Okay. Nyamal. Yaman. Nyamal. Nyaman. You see, it's mm-hmm. very difficult for yes. you, right? So then I knew two things. I knew that what I'm going to build is for the world. Mm. Just like Amazon is to the world. Mm. Just like Facebook is to the world. Just mm-hmm. like Uber, mm. Ikea. All these companies, they have a very friendly, simple, easy name to pronounce for everybody, mm. whichever part of the world you are in, right? Right. So I knew that the name that I would come up with had to be simple mm. and easy and memorable for everybody to pronounce. That was the first rule. Second, I I love my traditions. I love my culture. I love where I come from. And I thought I need to honor, you know, where I come from, where I was born. So therefore the name Gamal, but Nyamal is the source. Uh, but then not everybody can pronounce it. So what I did is to remove that little like N and then it becomes Gamal. Gamal. And Gamal, everybody can pronounce it. It's easy. And Gamal means to eat in Fulani. Actually, Nyamal, but Gamal, right? We derived it from there. And then in Arabic, it means beauty. Uh-huh. Right? So um, so that's that's how, that's the whole sort of thinking process behind it. But Gamal is giving honor back to my roots. I but love it is that. for the world. It's an invitation to the world and it is for the world. Mm, right. So I love that. What. And so in terms of because I know you're still in the building phase, uh building season right now, yes. um, in terms of with the company. So is Gamal going to be focused on West African food or what kinds of foods are you envisioning that Gamal is going going to be uh, you know, Okay. Curating. Fantastic. Another question, which I love. So Gamal, look at it this way. Gamal is your international passport Mm. to authentic homemade food worldwide. Mm. Told you when we started, um, I love culture. Mm -hmm. I love community. I love experiences. And every time I traveled around the world, I love what I see. You know, I'm curious. I like to experience. I like to experiment. So Gamal is going to enable you, Sharifa, and anybody in any part of the world mm-hmm. to experience other people's cultures. So um, so Gamal is going to 
connect you with me, you will be able to order like anything that I can pull off like nobody because there's something I said in the beginning. We all have a unique signature mm. in the way we craft our dishes. Mm. There is a bit of you in your dish. Mm. And I can never get that from any restaurant, right? So it is that tailored experience and it's, it is connecting you to another culture, right? And it's made by love mm. with that person who grew up in that culture mm. from the comfort of their own kitchen. When it's ready, it gets delivered to you, which you can enjoy with your family around the Netflix movie in your own house, or you can enjoy it in your office. When I recently went to Belgium, I told my mom, my, my parents have settled in Belgium for about 30 years now. And um, my mom, she loves cooking. I mean, she never went to school. So we are the first generation, you know, having uh, education. Mm. And um, so, you know, getting a job for her and mothers like her is always a challenge, right? But somebody like my mom, who's been cooking her whole life, I'm telling you, she's got a PhD in cooking, right? Yes, with like probably 30 years experience on top of it. So I said to her mom, you know, like, you know, with this and I, and I, and I showed her she was in fact in the kitchen cooking and having so much fun and like, you know, cooking because that's what, what she, she does. And mm. she loves doing that. I said, mom, imagine like soon, like, and I said, this is, this is the project I'm working on. I like to simplify it for yeah. her. Right. And I said, soon, like, you know, this dish that you're cooking, right, mom, we can, we're going to have your profile on here on this app. And then we're going to put like, you know, some pictures of all the beautiful, awesome dishes that you make. And then, you know, like an Afghan mother, an Afghan family is going to be able to discover Guinean food, authentic, homemade by the right talent through you. And they're going to, they're going to discover a piece of your culture. They're going to discover, you know, the love that you invested into preparing this meal through this. And she loved it. She could picture it. And she was like, yes, by the way, I want to add this mafe. I want to add this. I want to add that. And I said to her, mom, you know, you know, like you've been here all these years. You've actually never tried anything Filipino, have you? <laughs> you've never actually tried anything uh, like from Sri Lanka. Yeah. But we live in a world which is globalized. So mm -hmm. around us here, there's like a mini representation of the world. How about that. one day we just like, we go on the app, we look for like a Pakistani mother, and then we look at, you know, the traditional uh, dishes. And then this mother, she's got a five-star amazing review. How about we just order from her? She's going to cook it from her house and we enjoy it together. And she pictured it. So Gamal that. is really about bringing communities together. Mm. It's about appreciating other people's cultures. I love that. Oh my gosh. I cannot wait for this app to be ready. And to know that, you know, I am also very thankful that you were very aware of yourself in the midst of what was a challenging time for you, in the midst of an exhausting day for you, for you to be able to connect the dots and be able to have made a statement like, oh, I wish I could just cook. And all of a sudden from that, what you just explained has come up is absolutely brilliant. And I guess my question for you, you know, right now is what's next? What can we expect next from you in terms of in this season that you find yourself with Gamal? What's next? What can we look forward to in terms of what you're doing right now? Thank you so much. So what's next? Um, 
we are in the middle of building. We are ready with the app. We are ready. The Gamal app is ready. It's fully operational. I have tested it personally. I've created my profile. I've added like some of my own personal recipes. And because I'm so curious about the world, so I tend to mix different cultures. So I would cook something African with some Indian spices or with like a Jamaican twist. So, you know, because like, that's just like me, right? So um, I've been testing it. uh, And the next step for us, what we are working on right now is um, doing a pilot uh, Mm. with a small group of people to test the functionality of the app, to test the different touch points. What's the user experience? What's the customer experience? Um, You know, how does it look like? How does it feel? Mm. What are their feedback? And what is is it that we need to change? Or what is it that we need to revisit, right? So now we want to look at it through the lens of the users, okay? Mm. And then we will take uh, those uh, feedbacks mm-hmm. and then we will make the revisions yeah. and uh, we're planning for a better test again, like with the bigger audience. Mm-hmm. And after that, we will now go to market. We'll go to market in the UK, first of all, yes. and then uh, international expansion quite rapidly. So the next step for us, as I return to London early next week, mm-hmm. would be uh, finalizing um, the preparation, actually kind of the logistics yes. of running a pilot with a, a very reasonable group of, of people, people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then get those feedbacks because those feedbacks will be our blind spots, right? And yes. with those feedbacks, we will know exactly what it is that, you know, the customer would want to see in terms of future or feature yeah. or like maybe something that we in the designing process, we thought, okay, this is cool, but like the user doesn't think that it's actually useful. Yeah. So these are the kind of things that we are looking for yeah. and so that we can fix it before we go to the next stage. Yes. So I think a really important question uh, that, you know, I would love to know about is knowing where you are now, doing what you're doing right now. If you were supposed to go back, what do you wish you knew that you know now that you wish you knew sooner, that you wish you knew earlier so that the next person coming after you can do it faster or not even have to make maybe any of the mistakes you made? What do you wish you know now that you wish you knew earlier? That I am capable. Mm. Because we all have dreams, um, but sometimes something holds you back. For me, as a woman, I was thinking that I needed more. Mm. I was thinking that I needed more knowledge. Mm. I needed more money. I needed more experience. I needed more of everything, Mm. right? And that held me back. For many years, although I knew this was my calling, mm. right? Mm. Because it kept on following me through my, you know, my journey, my cycle, my ups and down. There was moments where it came back to me and I'm like, okay, well, now I need to face it. Let me pick it up. Mm. Right. But then for some reasons, fear uh, holds you back. Right. Um, uh, imposter syndrome holds you back and so many other things mm-hmm. hold you back. Yeah. But when you think that Actually, you know what? You are capable. You are capable because you don't have to have it all to start. Nobody has it all. No one. But you can start where you are with what you have. It takes a decision. Decide, make a plan, take the steps, be consistent, and you shall see progress. It's not going to be easy. 
but enjoy the process. It's part of the game. I love that. I love that. Now I have to ask this question. What makes you distinctly you? (laughs) What makes me me distinctly me? Passion. Mm. I'm passionate in everything that I do. Mm. I do everything with full intention. Mm. I am a whole self. If I'm in, I'm in. Mm. And even if I don't know how to swim, I will go with my head first. So, you know, bringing passion into everything I do is my fuel. Mm. Even in uncertainty, even in chaos, even in when I don't have the answers, the passion keeps me up. The passion drives me. I go to bed. I'm passionate. I'm still I'm seeing light bulbs open like everywhere. And, you know, I'm excited to wake up early. I go to bed really late, but that passion drives me every single day. And because I see progress, I see movement around me. I'm even more thrilled. I even have more energy. I have more passion. So the passion is growing. And because the passion is there, the belief is there, the faith is there. I'm seeing the progress. It's like, there's no way I can stop Mm. That's that's ma- that's the magical ingredient because you're really starting from nothing. You're starting from b- rock bottom and you're going towards this dream and, you know, the passion is driving. And you're so passionate. Whoever you speak to, they find no other way but to join you. You become like a magnet. Absolutely. My passion is my magnet. I love that. I love that. Now, if anyone wants to track what Gamal is doing, reach out to you. How can they find you? So at the moment, I, we, we are right in the middle of building the brand. Mm -hmm. So every day I post a story on LinkedIn. So, um, so I can be found on my personal LinkedIn Mm -hmm. account where I'm telling, you know, like the fatumata in the making, like, Mm -hmm. you know, the putting them out together in the making. So this is like this is not even like to the point where you think you've arrived. There's no such thing as arriving because life is always in movement and you're always progressing. Uh, but like right now in the making, the stages, like the real life, the real behind the scene, the things that people don't see. Yeah. I'm telling that story every day on my LinkedIn account. And um, so uh, we can be found on LinkedIn. We can be found on all social media platforms and we can be found on um, www.gamal.co.uk. So this is our website, uh, first port of call and then all social media platforms. Fantastic. Fatumata, thank you so much again for joining me today. Great conversation. A lot of nuggets dropped there and your story is phenomenal. Thank you so much, Sharifa. It was an honor to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Did such a great job. Thank you. Great job.